Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your NBA playoffs betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games all the way through the finals. BetOnline is your NBA playoffs headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks. Jeremy Evans here, host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. As always, appreciate you being with us and uh, making us the number one sports law podcast for three years running. We have a very interesting uh, episode and topic uh, today where we'll be talking about uh, the management of artificial intelligence. So this will be episode 14 of season five. Last week, we talked about uh, the purchase of WWE, uh, the wrestling group, uh, by WME or Endeavor, and then some of the effects of that. So this week, we'll get into um, sort of artificial intelligence and what it means and what that looks like for the industry. So uh, today is uh, Monday, April 10th. And uh, again, thank you for being with us. So we will get uh, we'll get right into it, uh, talking about artificial intelligence. So something that's been in the news a lot lately. Uh, it's something that I think some people are excited about. I think some people uh, are a little bit nervous about and scared about. Uh, Elon Musk and uh, several other business leaders signed on to a letter. I think it was last week, encouraging businesses to hold back on the release of artificial intelligence until it was rightly tested and and could be used properly until where there were some industry standards that could be in place. And of course, this cuts across many industries, right? Even in the legal industry, you have this idea that, you know, well, how does artificial intelligence affect uh, lawyering? You know, and will people turn to artificial intelligence to answer their legal questions or to draft their documents? And, you know, maybe the drafting of documents piece makes sense in certain context. Uh, I could definitely see some lawyers using it, um, you know, but again, I think there needs to be standards in place because, you know, ultimately it's the lawyer that's responsible if something goes wrong, right? And and uh, and if there's any sort of malpractice or any liability to be found there. So I, I think the management of, you know, artificial intelligence is... Um, a really important thing. And, and I think that it's really becomes down to the standards of practice uh, that I, I think are most important here. And I think what we need to be focusing on. So it, it is interesting because often Hollywood, I think, does a good job at producing and distributing films that have a way to predict sort of human behavior. So, you know, we, we might have, um, you know, films like, you know, talk about, I mean, on the extreme side, you know, you got to say like with Terminators, right? The Terminator, uh, 
uh, series, right? In terms of the, the, I think it was four different films that they've had with the Terminator uh, title now. And, you know, which we sort of our artificial intelligence and robots sort of taking over the world. Um, you know, I think maybe that's sort of the extreme end of, of maybe some, some of people's fears. But then on sort of the lighter side is, okay, well, maybe uh, artificial intelligence could, you know, help us improve, you know, and make maybe the mundane task, um, you know, less likely in the sense that, you know, folks can focus focus on different things. But, uh, you know, Hollywood clearly does a, a good job in producing films uh, and distributing films that have a way to sort of predict human behavior and and uh, and how technology can uh, have an effect, whether good or bad. And, you know, of course, the human genome in general is often one that, you know, tries to outdo itself and will often create things and situations uh, that may uh, create greatness but also cause harm. Um, you know, history is is replete with examples of people using inventions or technological innovations for both good and bad, or even the users can use technological innovations uh, for good and bad. And I think that's sort of the free will piece, right? And and the ability to make choices and to sort of do certain things in society that, you know, up until the point that you harm somebody else, it's generally, uh, and, and really sort of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, it's sort of the foundational piece of uh, of America. But I think, you know, more often invention uh, as an idea is a good thing, but it's the application that becomes the cause of controversy or some societal problem. So if we take social media, for example, it's a wonderful platform. Uh, and I should platforms, I should say, uh, in terms of, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and uh, all the others, right? Um, depending on what your interests are, you know, I'm I'm on Twitter and um, Facebook and Instagram, uh, and not on oh, and LinkedIn, but not on any other platforms. Although LinkedIn is a form of social media, it's more like a business media, if you will. But I think it's interesting because it's a great way to keep in touch with people. It's a great way to connect. You know, you can see old friends from high school and junior high school, and you can see what they're doing. You can see what family members are doing. Um, so I think in that sense, it's great, right? You have this ability to connect with people. So at its best, it's, it's another form of communication. It's a, it's a way for people to feel more connected, but at its worst, social media is an advertising driven medium, uh, that collects and sells data on people using, uh, the platform, uh, which in turn helps, uh, brands and businesses to sell more stuff. Uh, and it can also be a place where people feel more disconnected even though they're more connected through a virtual platform um, by constantly comparing themselves to other people. Uh, and of course, social media is set up in a, in a way that for the most part, you're sharing the good things in your life uh, versus the bad things. And of course, when people tend to share bad things that either tend to be un get unfollowed or they uh, people tend to ignore their post, um, whether good or bad, and then, uh, of course, um, you know, people want to see happy content, right? And and so they want to, don't want to be disturbed. It's sort of like, you know, in many ways, taking a break from the daily news. You know, if you were to sit and sit and watch the daily news every day, you might know what's going on, but you might be a little more, but a little, a little bit more depressed, right? So I think it also matters where you get your news from, how you consume it, and just as similar how you consume social media. You know, I think you can get into the habit of scrolling and. And doing those things, I always get a kick out of the fact that, 
when you're scrolling on social media, there's there's ads once in a while that say stop scrolling. And and uh, so it's kind of funny because on one hand, you're reaching those ads because you're scrolling, but then the ads are telling you not to scroll, which, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. I think it's, um, you know, it's important to get off social media once in a while. I think it's a good place if you want to use it for business, if you want to use it to connect with people. But I think everything, you know, sort of serves a purpose in that way. So even though social media tends to be a reprieve sometimes, I think people need to be careful. But again, the example being that here's an invention that is pretty cool and does cool things, but has a tendency to do bad things as well. So, you know, the management of things and people uh, and the effect of ideas is what matters as a result. You know, the old saying, the best laid intentions, um, you know, it's, it's, and you know the story. I mean, it's, it's sort of an old line, but, uh, you know, artificial intelligence has great potential, uh, even, even human-like potential, um, but it should be managed for the best results. And it should be managed with values in mind. And if, for example, you look at sports, there's artificial intelligence now being used to help write sports stories as game recaps. So one of the, you know, maybe easier things to do as a sports writer is to write a game recap, you know, because you're telling the facts about what happened. You might add a little color commentary in there. That's it. And then you issue it, you're out. It's usually 500 words or less, and you move on to the next day, right? So it's usually sort of a quick quick task. So now they're using artificial intelligence to do some of this. Now it does take away from possibly some of the mundane side of things, uh, but also could be potentially doing a disservice to the people who once wrote those stories uh, and the people that feel connection to the game. Right. So there's something to be said in practice uh, as to repeating task and working towards perfection to reach excellence. Right. The old Vince Lombardi quote, you know, you can't you can't reach perfection, but and I'm paraphrasing. You can't reach perfection, but uh, when you reach for perfection, you um, you end up at excellence. So, in my opinion, there is value in working to learn, uh, and so that to me is one of the dichotomies with artificial intelligence, and really with improvements in general. Um, you know, you know. So, for example, like if you're saying. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, I love to, I like to cook, right? And so when I cook, I like to make homemade pasta. Well, when I cook that, oftentimes people will say, "Well, why don't you use you know um, a pasta maker, you know, and and you know get one of the bigger machines and have it mix it for you and do all those things." And that's great, right? And of course, there's some people who love to use that, but I'm a little old school. I love to use sort of older ways to do it. Uh, but I, I think that sort of uh, in lies the 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 dilemma right in terms of what's available what's not available um what certain technology forces people to do or encourages them to do you know i for example you look at streaming in the entertainment space the more streaming you have in terms of platforms and more content the ideas and the platforms want this is they want you to spend more time on there this is why instagram and facebook and twitter are constantly adding new features and making things more accessible and uh, making things to where, you know, you can stay on a platform for a period of time. So again, there's a value proposition here. And of course, if you look in the entertainment space, again, uh, there's a dispute over whether, you know, artificial intelligence platforms like chat GPT, um, which is a, um, a product of the company OpenAI, um, 
should be used to help write film scripts and television dialogue uh, for for television series. You know, it's it's a dispute that's ongoing, um, and particularly over copyright ownership because there's sort of these two words in the definition of copyright having to do with, with original and with author. And of course, with artificial intelligence, you really can't have either. And the courts have said that, and I think that will probably continue to be the case as long as the value proposition is that you know, sort of um, humans are the most sort of important, right? Um, and, and humans can only be the author or humans can only be the original. So again, a value proposition, but also um, a debate, right? Because I think some people would argue that, you know, as artificial intelligence grows and becomes more human-like, maybe there is this idea that there is originality and authorship. Um, you know, that is going to be the argument that some people make right or wrong. So now, of course, these are two aspects, you know, in terms of originality and authorship that have really been held by humans uh, on earth throughout history. So um, in other words, the ability to think, right? And one of the big things in artificial intelligence is just try to continue to push the boundaries in terms of when a when an artificial intelligence um, sort of computer takes in information, what what sort of a lot of companies are trying to work towards is that it can be like a smart computer, kind of like a smartphone, right? It can think, it can adapt, that sort of thing. Uh, and of course, again, going back to the Hollywood example, uh, there's been a ton of films that have sort of talked about you know this sort of issue. Uh, again, being that it's Hollywood and you're selling films, it's probably on the extreme side of that. But you know, something to be aware of and something to follow along. I think this will be one of the bigger questions of our time. I think is. Uh, this idea of artificial intelligence. Of course, case law and copyright policies restrict ownership to humans now. Uh, but again, as artificial intelligence grows in use and influence, there's certainly uh, a potential for a call uh, to recognize artificial intelligence as a creator. So we shall see how that plays out. But um, very interesting time. Now, of course, from... As I'm sort of looking at this, I mean, I think the problem is, is that a computer, no, no matter how much knowledge it gains, can never act or think like a human or be a human, I think is to to better state it, right? Um, and, and I think uh, really when you're talking about artificial intelligence, what you're looking at is this idea that uh, it's basically programmed, right? It's programmed by a human. Now, will artificial intelligence ever get to a point where it could recreate itself and, and create a new machine? Um, who knows? And of course, with artificial intelligence, the idea is that potentially it could last longer, you know, than a, than a human life uh, because it's made out of, um, you know, not flesh and blood, but uh, made out of, you know, basically metal and other parts, right? So it's it's again, it's an interesting question to think about, um, and and kind of a theoretical sort of way. Uh, but again, um, when artificial intelligence grows to a point of reacting and acting more like a human, uh, I think the question for humans is going to be about acceptance. Because if people accept that artificial intelligence is just as good as human and it's considered to be its equal or superior, and the majority of the peop of people who sort of are seeing this agree with that or the folks who have the most influence, it will be so. And so I think that's the one of the concerns we sort of manage artificial intelligence is it's it really comes down to the management of expectations and usage, uh, usage, which 
is important as the invention itself. And I think that's what the letter from Elon Musk was about and a lot of these other business owners was that, hey, we need to implement this in a way that benefits us and not overtakes us. Um, and, and now I think in one way Hollywood has done a little bit of a disservice here because artificial intelligence, um, you know, in, in, in one way it's not necessarily to be, uh, I think there's two ways to think of it. You can think of it in the extreme, extreme side, oh, it's going to take over, you know, in sort of the Hollywood sense, or it could really be a situation where it's like social media, where it could consume you, where you become too reliant on it and you forget how to do certain things. You know, often like if you look at, um, you know, uh, this idea of writing, a lot of people don't write anymore. You know, they type, but they don't write. Now, is that a bad thing? Well, I mean, I think the idea is that computers are probably here to stay, right? I think that's sort of an obvious fact. But uh, again, computer breaks down, something happens. Um, you know, I, I think I think the the idea, of, you know, for me is to sort of this point of uh, diversification of skills and assets. And, and I think um, not being so reliant on something is probably a good thing. But again, now, of course, uh, again, artificial intelligence is a value proposition. Uh, as humans, we get a choice, right? We get to choose how technology manages our lives or how we manage it. Uh, artificial intelligence could also very well increase human capacity. Uh, clearly, that's been shown. Uh, it could allow people to grow beyond the mundane. Uh, but again, sometimes it is the mundane, the process, the hard work uh, that gets people to grow in knowledge. It, it's the trial and error, right? The old thing about Thomas Edison, he didn't fail to, you know, um, you know, learn to uh, create the light bulb a thousand times. You know, he he basically uh, learned how to not make a light bulb 999 times or a thousand times. And on, you know, after that, he figured it out, right? So I, I think, again, you learn more from from losing. You learn more from uh, um, not being successful in something. And of course, the the real success comes from the learning and it comes from the the, the idea of not making losing a habit or or uh, that sort of thing, right? So it's the idea of growing from something. I think that is important. Um, and of course, to lose the experience is to lose the application. So I, I think... Um, the danger is sort of not remembering things and passing ideas and experiences along the next generation or relying on something that may not last or maybe relying on something that um, is not human and is not in, and cannot be trusted. Right. So I think that is sort of what the business leaders were talking about. But again, I think we have to look at this in even a smaller context of how it will affect your life. You know, how are some of the things that could be generated from this, um, you know, will it help your business? And in many ways, look, artificial intelligence is used in a lot of other experiences as we know it now. You know, it's used in your phone. It's used in, uh, you know, think about Alexa or Siri. You know, this idea that you can talk to something and it talks back to you and tells you how to find things. Now, some of those things are um, comparably, let's say, 10 years from now, I think Siri and Alexa will, will likely have grown in in sort of um, the knowledge that it brings in as it gets fed information, uh, but uh, and even from us, right? Because if, if you're using those platforms, obviously it's collecting information depending on what your privacy you know, um, thresholds are. But even then there's some controversy around that, right? In terms of what's being collected and what's not. But 
again, I think the point here is is that uh, we as humans need to do a a a a very good job at managing technology uh, in our own lives and 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 as a collective as well. So as I sort of look at this, uh, I think the wish here and the hope here is that human life and experience is always weighed and seen as the highest value. Uh, going forward, I think application and management will continue to be the most important. Uh, balancing the old the old way and a new way of doing things, I think it's a difficult task uh, because uh, in, you know efficiency is often the beacon of invention, right? You know, you sort of look at a better way to do something, a quicker way to do something, a quicker way to travel, a quicker way to get a task done, right? So it's all good, but again, I think managing it is important. Um, I think with the right guidance, uh, artificial intelligence could be very helpful. Uh, it just might be uh, applicably uh, different industry by industry, uh, country by country, and person to person. So uh, if anything, again, I think that there's an importance in the management of artificial intelligence and technology in general. So as always, appreciate you folks listening in. That's uh, this week's episode talking about the importance of Uh, of managing artificial intelligence. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast, where we get into talking about entertainment, media, and sports law topics and uh, industry trends. Uh, This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you again for making us number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running, and we look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. (music) 